Aloha and welcome to the Murph's Place 808 for the Love of Golf podcast. I'm your host Murph. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today we are not in the studio as usual. We are out on location at one of the most historic courses in the nation. We are at Moanalua Golf Club and my host, my guest is John Harmon, PGA professional and director of operations here at Moanalua. Hey John, how are you doing? Good, good for um, thank you for having me, Murph. I'm glad to be here. No, thank you, thank you for being on the show, taking time out. I know you got a lot of work to do, and you're a busy man. A little disclaimer: I also work here at Moanalua with John, so we kind of know each other on a personal personal basis. We've uh, I met John back in 2001 when he was the pro at uh, Wildlife Country Club when I was coming out caddying in the Sony Open Pro-Ams. So we've known each other for a while. And um, so, John, um, you've been the director of golf here at Moanalua for how long now? A little over two years. Uh, I started December of 2017, uh, late in December. And it was a great opportunity. A uh, little, little brief background of myself, like you said, I was at Wildlife Country Club. I've been in the golf business for quite some time. I am a certified PGA professional. Uh, I, I got my Class A 2007, same year that I became the head pro at Wildlife Country Club. Uh, left Wailai to uh, take on a bigger task with Pacific Links. I was the first person they hired in the uh, state of Hawaii, actually in the U.S. And four years later, down the line, I could see that they were going to leave Hawaii, and I didn't want to. So I kind of jumped ship and uh, did my own, opened up my own shop and uh, did some teaching and did some side things for a while until sort of semi-retired as well because I was retired from the Air Force Reserve. And that, uh, my wife works uh, full-time at the Hawaiian Airline as well, so we get to travel a bit. And, um, you know, decided when this opportunity came, I decided to jump on it. And, you know, I'll give you a couple of reasons. Uh, one, it's the first golf course in the state of Hawaii or west of the Rockies, if, as they would say. It was built in 1898 from Stan Damien, uh, Damien Estate. He built it because he wanted to do business with the European country. He was a businessman here, local businessman, very well known, and it worked. He did do business with the different nations, uh, European countries, actually. And in 1904, he reverted the 18-hole Marlowe Golf Club down to nine holes when they started building Oahu. And he knew the businessmen would probably go up there. The second part of uh, taking this position was because it's it's nine holes, and I think that's the direction golf is going to right now. So we're, you know, we don't have time. We don't have that much time in our life, and we, we're busy with kids. We're busy with family. We're busy with soccer. We're busy with everything. So, but we still want to maintain our game somehow. So that's why it's uh it's great to just be able to come out play nine holes, maybe in the afternoon or when you have some free time. And that way you play two, three times a week, nine holes, and then all of a sudden you get this big phone call. You got a, a corporate event that you got to play at a, a tournament or something, and you know you won't be, you won't feel like you're rusty. You you feel pretty sharp and good about it. And I think that's the direction golf is going to. So, and location, location. I mean, heck, we're right in the middle of Honolulu. I mean, five, ten minutes from the airport. Not even you know, hop, skip, and a jump from both sides. I mean, we're here before the traffic starts. When there was traffic, right, right, yeah. yeah with this COVID stuff, obviously, it's put a damper on a lot of things. Not only traffic, but which is good for us, but especially those of us that live on the west side of the island. But also, um, it's kind of put a, a pretty big damper on the golf industry as far as courses not being able to to make as much money as they used to when they could hold events, different types of events and stuff like that. That that part hurts us because we were starting to ramp up on having events. And I, and I like that word, events. We didn't have golf tournament because we just have nine-hole event. 
And the way I sold it and pitched it to a lot of people were, you know, you, you just have 50 to 60 players come out, play nine holes in the afternoon and come inside, you know, whole molly molly um, with everybody, talk story, have fun, have a couple of drinks and you're home. You know, and we're talking about two and a half, three hours, not four, five, six hours like main golf tournaments, right. you know. So that's that that's that took a damper on us because we were starting to hold uh, more of those. But in the in the whole retrospect of the golf industry, yeah, we, we, we took a big hit because as everybody knows, Hawaii is a tourist destination and 60% of the golfers playing golf in most of the golf courses were tourism. Right. All, all our tourists, I mean, all the tour buses are gone. Um, you know, all the big golf companies, they're not even around anymore for a while. And that's, you know, 60% of the higher end paid customer, which uh, hurts a lot of people Fortunately for us, we never really had tourists here. Being a local, being a nine-hole small community event. Yeah, but you did. I mean, if I recall, right before the COVID stuff, you started. Yeah, you you got. You had a couple connections with guys. Yeah, we had. um, We had uh, ABC Golf starting to bring some people, and and my thought process was trying to get them to bring them here as the warm up. Uh, once they get off the airplane, they come over here, you know, uh, shake off their rust. Uh, they've been riding for nine, ten hours, and then they come play nine holes, you know. Because normally those um, those flights from Japan or Korea, they come they come land about eleven to twelve, and that's when you have all the customs and everything. But you can't check in till two thirty, so that's that's what that was my pitch, and it was working. They were bringing them here right from the airport, and they could play nine holes. They'd be done about three three thirty. Traffic dies down a little bit, or traffic wouldn't pick up till five. And then they take them to the um, take them to the hotel, and they could check in. And you know, usually you can't check in to two thirty anyway. Right. Yeah. You know, so it, it kind of that was my that was my whole focus, or or we were moving in that direction. But you know, with this um, pandemic hitting us, it, it shut everything down. But you know, not as much for us did it affect us than than it did most other golf courses in the state. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Emuanalua is a semi-private club, so you have a membership here that kind of helps sustain the 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 club. To a degree, obviously, um, there's a lot of cost that goes into running a golf course. Yep. Um, and fortunately, um, I think you told me before that there's members that actually volunteer some of their time to work on different aspects of the course. Yeah, you, we talked about, you know, on, on, on our side note, we talk about how the courses, uh, the maintenance of the course has gotten much better. Um, we got blessed because we don't have a full irrigation system, so we need the rain to keep our fairways green, which it's green and we've been doing a really good job with the greens itself and for a small staff or a crew of the maintenance staff of three plus myself plus a lot of members that come out on their own time to volunteer to cut a tee box to trim around the hedges here and there you know what they see and we we talk about it and i always thank them and i appreciate them i would prefer not to have them out here because like i said you know you join as a member to play and enjoy yourself however at this point, I need their help. I do need their help because yeah. the maintenance of it is just tough. Three guys running a nine-hole course is uh, un- un- unheard of. Yeah, that's you know? probably yeah. a very minimal amount of guys to to be able to do it, actually. That's yeah. really not enough to do yeah, it. Yeah, it, sh- it should be at least five or six, a yeah. minimum. You know, you look at nine holes, a lot of um, golf courses, 18-hole golf course, they'll have at least 18 
um, maintenance person and maybe a superintendent. So 19, that's, that's kind of the number they work with. They may have an irrigation guy, so that's 20 people. Now we're nine holes, we got three. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, but I'm blessed because they know what they're doing and they, they, do, they do everything. They don't just do, they're not just specialized in one thing, they do everything for right. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, we've got a very good maintenance crew here. And, and like I said, and like you mentioned, the greens are really, really good right now. Obviously, we're only watering the greens in the in the tea boxes, but the greens and your handiwork on the tea boxes with your uh, specialized cutting that makes it look like a PGA uh, tea box. Well, that's, you know, my, my background coming from uh, Wiley or or traveling with uh, Pacific Links to go to the Masters, um, U.S. Open. You know, you get to see certain things, and and I think like like I appreciate what you said. You know, I do those tea boxes every couple of weeks or so. Just to give you that feel, you know, you, there's a little walking path. You, you get that look of it. And if, if, you, if you're at the tee box and it looks good, then you're not really worried about anything else until you get to the green. You know, right. that's, that's the focus. And again, back to being a small club, uh, again, semi-private, 200-plus members, uh, not enough money. So we focus on the tee box, the greens, and we in between, you know, we hope for rain here and there. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. Yep, and it, luckily, like you said, we've got that rain recently, so the fairways are all, are all nice and green right now. Um, also, um, a little bit of history on the course. Amelia Earhart landed her plane on a hole here? On hole number three, uh, both Amelia Earhart and at hole number three. If you've never played here before, it's a par four. It's, quite, it's probably wider than normal par fours, and the reason behind that is um, – they used to play sock, uh, polo. They used to play polo with, with horses, horse and wagons. They'd have their horse and wagons and unhook their horse, jump on the horse, and play polo on Sundays. And then somewhere down the line, Amelia Earhart, I'm not sure. I, I know she landed here. There's a Senate proclamation up here uh, 110 years ago, which is actually further than that, but they talked about her landing her plane here. And, I'm again, I'm not sure why she landed. It could have been a, a mistake or it could have been she ran out of gas and she saw a big field and she just wanted to dive in and land. But there were some pictures of her and some of the members chit-chatting, you know, saying hi, meeting her and all that. So pretty neat. Yeah, pretty yeah. fun. Pretty fun and, history. And I think uh, what's the deal with the road that goes, the cart path here that goes by number nine? That was the first road into the valley. That was the only road, actually. That's all from the west side to the valley. And that was the main road. Now now we have the main road behind us, Ala Aulani Street. Um, that road also led to Mr. Stan Damon's uh, estate, which was back here. And, and that's up on the hill? On, it was up, it was hill, up right? yeah. It was, it was up in a valley, in, in the valley, but now the, their main estate is in the Salt Lake area. But that bridge is like uh, 1800, built in 1800 as well. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's, it's really, uh, if you haven't played here, you need to come out and play it. Okay, uh, let's take a short break, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are here with PGA professional John Harmon at Moanaloa Golf Club. Uh, okay, John, let's talk a little bit about your um, – do you give lessons? Do you, are, you, are, are you teaching right now? I do, I do. I enjoy teaching the most. That's probably why I got into this business. Um, my, my true background, I love basketball. I played basketball in high school. And then right after high school, I, I started coaching, and I really enjoyed coaching. But then years, maybe I coached about four to six or eight years, um, you know, randomly, and I, I ended up coaching high school for a bit. And then I, what I realized is um, it wasn't the coaching that I really liked. It was the, the kids and the people that I, I enjoyed, and I missed them after they left. 
And at that time, I started to play golf. And I didn't play golf in high school. I played. I picked it up during college time. And, you know, I started getting better real quick because I was pretty good. I had good hand-eye coordination. So I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go into golf because I want to teach golf. And I would create relationships for a much longer period. And it's true. Today, today I, I could go to the mall and I'll see someone I taught golf maybe 15 years ago. And we'll, we'll start chatting about, are you playing some more? Are you, oh, you had a hole-in-one. Oh, oh, you played your best round. You know, so... You know, and, and you can you you have these you keep this friendship or this connection for so much longer, and and that's and you know through golf you meet so many wonderful people as well. And I didn't expect that, but that's something I've learned through the past, and and that's what I try to share with the young generation, or even, you know, um, giving uh, people golf lessons that's in their thirties or forties or fifties, and I tell them, you know, meeting people, experiencing with people, you get a lot of opportunities are out there for you. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I've seen that just in your interactions with some of the people um, that have come to the club and in the contacts that, you, that you've made. It's also kind of benefited the club also. Yeah, you know what? I'm, we've been blessed. I've been definitely blessed, uh, you know, with a wonderful wife, uh, wonderful family, and a lot of, lot of friends that I've met along the way through the golf industry or somehow connected through the golf industry. So, yeah, we've – and, you know, I've tried, I've tried not to um, – uh, how do I say it uh, – Break any bridges or, or burn any burn bridges. bridges. I forgot what that was. About to edit. <laughs> burn any bridges. I try not to burn any bridges along the way, and I think I've done a good job of it. You know, you can't be friends with everybody, but uh, I, I, I think I'm pretty good friends with about 80 to 95% of people that I've met through golf uh, and through my lifetime. And so that's been a great, tremendous help for me here because when I reach out to ask for help, they've been giving us help, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I noticed that um, that you really that brought that added uh, dimension to Moana Lua Golf as as being the director of golf here. The the benefit the, the benefits that the club has re- reaped from that um, has been pretty huge. You're you're right, and um, you know, and I don't mind because it's for a really good cause. I mean, this place, you know, we want to revive this place. This place is the oldest oldest first golf course in the state of Hawaii. And, you know, it's, it's my opportunity to just bring this place back to life, bring it back to action again. And and that's why I will, you know, go to the extremes of reaching out to ask for help, you know. But, you know, we're not going to do it to where we hurt people or we're using people. You know, it's a back and forth. You know, I, I trade some rounds of oh, golf, right, right, you know, yeah. here and there. And, you know, or I, I'll give them free lessons for some help here and there. So, yeah. you know, it, it helps. And, you know, I, I have connections across the state of Hawaii, so some some people will ask me to get them get them a tea time in a big island or something. So, and then in return, they'll help me out with some things here. So, right. that's, that's you know nothing nothing is always for free, and you know you got to give back a it's little kinda, bit. It's kind of kind of like the aloha way, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's all about aloha, and it's you know it's you got even people calling you and and and, uh, and I'll just use the lawn people as an example, the guys across the street that. They called you and wanted to take care of it. Yeah, you didn't well, even yeah, yeah. Our street, our street side um, yard is uh, can be a burden with only three people on staff, but um, these guys who live across the street owns a company, um, Prestige Lawn, I think. Is it Prestige? Yeah, Prestige I think Lawn. It's Prestige yeah. Lawn. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he approached me maybe a few months ago. We just kind of chit chat, and he said, you know, the once in a while they do pro bono work, and he said, would I be interested? I said, absolutely. You know, I. I offer him golf, but he says, I don't even play golf, John. I just, I just want your place to look nice. You know, yeah. and we had a nice conversation. It took us a couple months to kind of um, 
get the deal done. And then, uh, you know, he, he wrote up a nice contract and he told me what it would have cost, but then he's, he's actually doing it for free and he does it uh, twice a month for us, which is awesome. That's, you know, awesome. that's, yeah. that's the entryway. That's the way, that's what people see when they're, they're driving by. So that really helps, uh, make a make a good first impression for yeah us. right yeah. you don't want that all grown up yeah. out there looking all nasty and stuff so um well another thing that um is gonna kind of help out the club a little bit i think is um we can talk about it now but uh you have been selected as the aloha section pga professional of the year correct so congratulations yeah, on you. that yeah thank you That's that just, awesome. just just happened this week um, got a few phone calls, a little surprised. Uh, I knew I was nominated with a few other great professionals. This is a, this is the highest honor that um, any PGA professional uh, in any section can get among their peers. Um, they, the peers vote for you. They, the peers nominate you. Um, the board or the selection committee um, chit-chat, talk about it. They brainstorm to find out who deserves it. And uh, I'm very proud to uh, have uh, retained that uh, title or given that honor of Golf Professional of the Year. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. So, so there's going to be it's it's a challenging, but hopefully you know we can take that to the next level, to the national, to the national level too. That's right. Let's hope uh, fingers crossed that we get the national nomination also and the national selection. So yeah, that'd be unreal. Um, speaking of Moanalua, what um, explain to the people the membership how that works as being a semi-private club we do have members here correct so we're 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 um we're a hybrid type of golf course i always say that because we're not private completely private we're not completely public so we're semi-private but we have a restaurant that's open to the public when it was open we'll be open again soon but um right now we're we're trying that to has manage. some that has some excellent food yeah it did it did but we'll we'll get back to that Again, um, semi-private. Uh, if you're, there's two types of membership. We have a family membership, uh, two hundred forty-five dollars a month, and that includes your spouse and your children under the age of twenty-one or so, or if they're going to college. And I recommend that for anybody that has a family that likes to play golf at least two or three times a month, and that would that would pay it off all automatic with the price of golf going up, especially now that uh, they're raising the prices for the locals because there's no tourism. And the second one is we have an associate member, which is only $200 a month. Uh, the only caveat or the only restriction would be they have to play weekends and holidays after 1030 because we want to still respect the full member. And, you know, I always tell everybody when I do the sales pitch, um, do the math. If you play at least a minimum of maybe five times a month, then it's worth your value. Because by joining, every time you play, if you walk, it's free. You don't even pay a trail fee or anything. If you ride, you're just paying a cart fee, uh, $8 for nine holes, $15 for 18 holes. But if you're a non-member, you're paying 50 to $55, you know? Uh, so that's, that's the, so I, I like, as I, as I tell people, you know, if you do the math and it works out for you, because I don't want you to join and not show up, uh, playing yeah. golf, you know, it keeps you healthy, keeps you young, gives you energy. Um, it's gonna it's gonna help you with your aerobic exercising. You're out here walking, um, even if you're taking a cart, you still gotta walk to your ball. You you know you gotta go up some hills. You're you're, you're swinging the golf club, so it's it's great health. I mean, you and I both know we we've, we've been playing golf, and there's there's people we have members here. They're 80 years old, and they shoot the uh, 76, oh, 75. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know I mean they're great players, and they're they're still out here healthy and walking now. Yeah, you know so. So it's unbelievable. I mean, you don't have to be a great player, 
but you're out here, you know, 80, 90 years old playing. We had a member that was 101, you know, right now with this pandemic, he's actually staying home, staying hunkered down right now. But um, right. Um, other than that, he'd be out here at least in the clubhouse drinking and having fun with his friends. Yeah, there's uh, obviously there's quite a few people that are, are uh, not coming out because of the pandemic. They're kind of concerned about uh, catching it and, it, and rightfully so, especially in their age group. There's more of a concern, more of a risk. But, um, yeah, these guys that are playing out here, you know, we talked about this. When, I'm not going to mention his name, but when he told us he was 80 and I and I couldn't believe it. And then another guy told me he was 80 and I was like, what is – I got to obviously drink this water you guys are drinking because I want to be able to shoot under 80 when I'm 80 and I want to look as young as you guys do. Well, I, I always tell people I've, I've started this little – Thing about asking people my members their um, age all the way from back from when I was at Wiley and I was I would always be anywhere from eight to fifteen years under what they are that what their actual age is. Then so I came to terms that it is the fertilizer out there. They're working out. They're walking and they're <laughs> sniffing and they're smelling it. It's something to do with the fertilizer or something that we that the maintenance crews putting down on the ground to keep these guys looking so young. So so I'm out there trying to sniff and smell all I can as well. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. Some of these guys how young they look and they're still out there hitting the ball like you said. And some and a lot of them walking. Not only the guys but the, the but the women also. Correct. We have a couple of uh, older uh, women members that. They walk, and I'm, like, shocked that they walk. I'm way younger than them, and there's no way I'm walking up four or walking down eight. I about broke my neck walking down eight <laughs> the path the last time I tried it. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to do that again. That's crazy. What do you think's next for Moanalua? Well, for golf and Moanalua, you know what? We, we, were, we, were, um, we were moving along quickly when I – we got things settled. We got things um, within the within the first year, because part of, part of my theory or my philosophy for this club is um, events. Having nine hole events, uh, my goal, and we were we were starting to do it. We were doing two events a month, and that would that would attract new customers, new clients, new members, as well as would kind of give us a surge of um, income for that one day. Because we got you know sixty golfers one day that we don't in the afternoons we're quite quiet and not as busy we do have some members that walk and we may we have to make sure we put signage up to make sure that they know what's going on and i always uh, recommend these events to be nine hole events you know and it could it's like businesses that want to give back to their customers their small customer base and i've I had uh um, alum uh, not the uh um, softball girls out here we had uh, uh faculty for the uh athletic directors came out and brought their coaches you know, those two a good example. And, and as I would tell them, you know, I understand you have the big tournaments where you have two, three hundred people come out and you have the banquet. But that's like a all day affair. First of all, you get tired and then you, you stand up in front of an audience of 200 and you forget to thank that one person that donated all year or the, the special person that's sitting in the back because they don't want to be seen with our events. You know, we're a small little event. You have 60, 50, 60 people. You come in a clubhouse, you're going to see everybody. You're going to be able to thank everybody personally. You're going to be able to say uh, thank yous and hold molly molly and shake hands and, and just, you know, be very thankful for their generosity throughout the year for their donations or for their help. And I think that's what this is about. And that's what I'm trying to. And we did. As I said, before we shut down, we were getting two tournaments or two events a month. And it was kind of injecting some 
cash flow back into us and uh, helping us a lot and uh, and gained a few members on the way as well. Yeah, yeah, we have gained quite a few new members. I mean, what, probably within the last three, four months, maybe we've got maybe six to eight new members. Yeah, I think within since I've been here, we've gained about 30, 35 new members. You know, obviously, it's like um, throwing something on a wall and we hope it sticks. But, you know, sometimes people, it's not for them. We lost a few members because of this pandemic. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're unfortunately not working anymore. And, and we understand. I understand. And, you know, we're, we try to be very understandable and, and we try to do what we can to accommodate the members. We don't have much amenities here other than the golf course. Uh, locker room, um, you know, shower facility. If you have another job that you work at, you come out and play. At least you can shower and go back to work or something like that. That's great. Uh, restaurant was was uh, not an amenity. It was uh, it was everybody could come, so the members would use it if they wanted to. But we would give them first rights to come in and have a party, to have a banquet, or to have a little nice private boardroom which we're sitting in, and uh, renovated beautifully a year and a half ago already. And this boardroom was just uh, killing it with uh, events almost every evening. People were using the boardroom to have meetings and uh, parties and um, get-together, family parties. You know, it can fit up to comfortably about 20 people. Now, 10, half the month. Half the month, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's, how, that's how it's been. Um, and, and the golf course is, is good. Uh, everybody who plays it, everybody who remembers here says, you know, if you can play Monolua, you can play anywhere. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. Yeah. If you can play here, you can play just about anywhere. And and like you said, the restaurant, I mean, it's open to the public, and there were there's a lot of the public that comes in. We've been getting phone calls here all the time. Hey, is the restaurant open? Hey, can I place an order? Or the restaurant's not open. What? Yeah, you know? yeah, it's it's a it's a tough situation. Um, you know, like like I said, we're we're a hybrid. So um, by keeping a restaurant closed. It helped us kind of get put focus on the golf course, uh, put some focus on some cleaning up, uh, maintenance, and and uh, up upkeep of the clubhouse itself. Uh, you know, so those of you who are listening who've been here before, once we reopen, you'll come here and you'll be you'll have a nice surprise. You know, we didn't we didn't do any renovation. We just we, everything was here existing, but we just cleaned it up and made it uh, more appealing. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it looks great. The guys that that, that volunteered their time. And I would name name some of them, but I, I, I'm sure I'm going to leave somebody out, so I don't want to name any of them. But all the guys that did all this work, man, it looks great. And we've got a lot of compliments about it. And uh, I can be totally honest. I think uh, all the work that was done, um, labor, um, products, everything that was needed, would probably cost around 20000 That's including the labor. But we probably paid about under 800 yeah, it's all donation, all volunteer craftsmanship work, um, co retired contractors, friends of friends, um, just coming in to just do certain things, and and now we're just like I said, piece of the pie is just get put together, and now it's a it's a beautiful looking pie. Yeah, and some about Moana Lua, I kind of compare it to uh, to my favorite football team, the Green Bay Packers, because is Moana Lua actually owned by any one individual? It's actually owned by the membership. So there is a large group of membership that bought this um, golf course outright from Stan Damon, which was a Damon estate. Unfortunately, Stan Damon was passed away at the time, so the estate owned it, and they decided to sell it to the membership. But um, the caveat would be it has to remain a golf course because, you know, it's a, it's a prime location. 
You know, right. you don't want someone coming in here trying to uh, bid you three or four million dollars and then change it to residential because you know you just don't want to lose the character of this golf course and the in the history behind exactly. this course. The history is um, I mean, unbelievable. You know, I've, I before when the restaurant was open and we had some of the ladies that would come in that's been members, longtime members, and they talked about how they would put on a big luau out there on the golf course. Yeah, they, they one of the biggest events were uh, was a ladies' golf tournament. It was an 18-hole golf tournament, and after the event, they'd be downstairs uh, right under the big um, um, monkey pot, no, banyan tree. Is that a banyan tree out there? Banyan tree? Banyan yeah, tree. banyan tree. And, I mean, they have a stage. They have full um, um, girls dancing hula. I mean, bands playing, multiple bands playing, and it would last all night long. It was, it was one of the biggest event that the Moana had and that was it was a ladies tournament wow wow that's that's amazing all right let's take a quick break again and we'll be right back this podcast is brought to you by smart boy studios the best studio and artist collective out of ohio smart boy studios provides recording mixing and mastering services as well as any other audio post-production you need Smart Boy Entertainment artists Corey Gossett and JV Tree have a new EP out on November 20th, Five Day Friends. The six-song project explores the fun and friendly energy that these two artists have on a track together. With production from DeSwove, Vesta, and Ash Matthews, you can't help but to bob your head, tap your foot, and sing along to the stellar set of tracks. Head to www.smartboystudios.com to stay up to date on new music, new videos, and any upcoming events. If you'd like to support Smart Boy Studios and their artists, visit threads.smartboystudios.com to check out their merch. They offer hoodies, hats, shirts, and more. All right, welcome back, everybody. Okay, John, uh, we talked a, a, a about it just a little bit, uh, about the teaching aspect of it. Um, I got a couple questions for you. What What's the best advice that you would give to somebody that is just starting out wanting to play golf and wanting to play golf, maybe obviously not at a PGA level, but just play golf good enough that they, they don't embarrass themselves? That's a good question. And, and I'll refer something that you probably said before where, you know, depends on what you want out of it is how much time you should put into it. Like I think you said that before, you know, if you want to get good, you, you got to put some time and effort into it. But um, for the most part, I tell people go play golf right away. You know, um, if you're a beginner, go go find a partner, go find a friend and go play best ball. Um, hit you hit, he hit, she hit, whoever hits, everybody pick up their ball, go to the best ball and play from there. OK, I, I do that because when I give lessons to beginners, after the first lesson, I tell them, I, I don't tell them you got to come back four or five lessons before you go play. I tell them you go play as soon as you can. But find a friend. Find a friend. Play together. One, you don't stress as much. Two, you, you keep the pace of play going pretty well. And three, both of you are going to swing the same amount of times. And once you get on a green, you both put your own ball. And as you, as you play more and you, you're realizing, because in, in, you know, in actuality, you're out to play golf to be with friends. Right. You know, if, if you're trying to compete, yeah, you're going to be on the driving range hitting balls and, and practicing your short game, which is probably the most important. Like what I do now, I've been giving some lessons that I have this new routine that I do. I, I have a sleeve of golf balls, about 22 of them. Um, and I take it out to the golf course and I take my lessons out there and I would line it up in a row and I'll have them chip with just one hand, just their, just their right hand. I'll just have them chip the whole thing and I'll pick up all the balls. We jump in the cart and we'll go to the next hole. 
And I explained the reason to them is because I want, I don't want you to stand on the, on a flat surface at a driving range and just continue to hit ball over and over. Now you're out here outside. You have a visual of the green, what it looks like. Your, your, your stance can be, the ball could be above you. The ball could be below you. It could be a sideways stance. You're not going to be on a perfect stance all the time. So you're already experiencing this. Okay. But by chipping the one hand uh, continuously for 20 shots in or 22 shots in a row, what it actually, what I'm actually trying to create is I'm creating your posture. I'm creating you to stay down through the shot. And, and all you're doing is you're hitting, that's your impact zone. That's every shot you do, it's that same impact zone is going to happen. So I'm trying to get you there because you, you move one inch, half an inch up, half an inch down, you hit the ball fat or thin. Right. You know, so that's the most important is just the posture of it. And how when you when you take them out like that and have them chip balls, are you like 150 yards out? You close to the green? Or? Close to the green, and and I don't hit the green. I make it a point not to hit the green because I don't want to be repairing all the ball marks out there. <laughs> so we're just we're just chipping right to the front of the green. But I want them to have a visual of the green. Right. And um, took a couple people out, did this theory, and it worked really well. I mean, I got, what I've done is I told I told this a uh, couple of ladies that I'll give them three lessons. If after the end of the three lessons they don't like it, they, it's fine. So far, 100%, everybody loved it. Everybody's buying clubs, um, playing golf. One joined. Uh, another one plays every week here. And, you know, they just, they, it's, it's, they're able to hit the ball. They're able to make some contact. You know, they realize they're not going to be the best player unless they go and practice a little more. Right. And usually by the third lesson, what I do is I, I work my way back away from the green. So now they're going to try. Now they realize their, their chip has to be a little bigger. Now they'll slide both hands in, and it's a little bigger chip, a little bigger backswing, a little bigger follow-through. So, so now they're getting distance feel. So it really helps them with some hand-eye coordination. And just, just to get, like I said, the main thing is that impact zone. You got that same, you're, you're always, your hands are always going to fall in that same position for every club at that impact position. The only thing that changes is the ball placement. Right. Yeah, but your posture is going to be the same. The ball placement will change, so that impact zone is so important. And that's what you work with on the beginners. That uh, absolutely, even even advanced players, uh, advanced players. Are, John, I'm having a hard time. You know what? Because you you don't because people hate to, to practice chipping. People just hate it. You know, they right. because it's boring. Yeah. You know, I'd rather hit a driver because it's so fun. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, but this is this will help your driver. Yeah. This will help you to, at the contact point of the driver. So that, that's what I try to get through them. And, and after they do it a few times, oh, they get it. They get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's fun. And, and do you have, that's another question I have. Do you have more um, beginners asking or um, asking you for lessons or for help on something? Or do you get even the guys that have been playing 20, I, 30 years? You know, I get more um, guys who ask me for help that's been playing um, 20 to 30 years. Okay, that's the that's the part. Now you'll see me giving lessons to beginners because I'm, I actually meet them when I find out they don't play golf. Then that's when I kind of coerce them. Hey, come on, I'll give you a lesson. See if you like it. So they don't really ask me. So I kind of push into them because I really it's, it's kind of my it's a fun goal. I have this young lady that's been it's only her second time and she's just she's just a good athlete and she's just she she never hit the ball. She never played before. But I think you saw her the other day. Oh yeah, the, the other yeah. day. Yeah, she's got it's a good swing. Great swing, and all we did the first the first nine holes, which is takes about an hour twenty minutes. We just chipped every hole for twenty two shots, and then I told her go home. I told her, you know I don't want to go any further because learning golf is like um, I always I I put it this way. It's like going to school. Your kindergarten year, you're learning how to add all year long. Your first grade year, you're gonna learn how to subtract all year long. 
your second grade year, you can learn how to multiply. But if they did that all that in kindergarten, add, subtract, multiply, your mind would be all mixed up. Right. So it's a process of learning one thing and grooving that one thing in and then come back and learn a second thing, grooving that second thing in. And then third, that's how most people get better faster. If you have three or four or five swing thoughts, which even I do sometimes because we overdo yeah. it ourselves, yeah, right. you know, exactly. you got you to gotta backtrack and say, I just want to do one thing. I just want to focus on one thing and hopefully my body remembers the rest. Right. You know, and, and that's the way a lot of people would come out here to play. They're not playing a tournament. So I tell them, you know what? Today, focus on this one thing. And I'll, I'll give them something to focus on. For nine holes, that's two hours. Okay, For two hours, you're going to do this one thing. You're going to think about one thing. Next week, let's talk about it. I bet you that one thing will be ingrained in you. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's the trick. And then you, you don't have to worry about that thing. Then, right. then I'm going to give you something else. Okay, and The first time, usually I tell people, make sure you follow through. Hold your finish until the ball lands. If it's a good shot, admire it. If it's a bad shot, punish yourself by watching it. But you're you're holding your finish. Right. You're holding your follow through. Yeah. And you're standing there. And and then after two hours of holding your follow through for every shot, you're not going to think about it. Yeah. Well, that. Uh, so what do you what do you tell a guy that um, say a guy that's an intermediate type player? He's not a beginner. He's he's not a uh, single digit handicap, but he wants to maybe get into a, a, some of the local tournaments and wants, he wants to get better, but he's having any, and, and he goes out and practices some, not, not a lot. He'll go to the range once a week, maybe twice a week. Um, I think what, I, what best advice can you give those guys that want to try to yeah, get better? It, it's a, you know what? The first thing I would do is I'd, I'd say, let's look at your scorecard. Let's, let's work backwards. Okay. Where, where, what's, what's, uh, how, What's the issue with your scorecard? Are you having eights and nines, or are you having fours and sixes, or are you having you having fives and sixes on par threes? Oh, okay, there we go. We got a problem here. Oh, but I do really well on the par fives. I always par or maybe bogey. Oh, okay, then now we know it's your short game. You know, you got to focus on because you know playing tournaments, par threes are the most important. Yeah. You know, if you par are all par threes, you're going to be shooting pretty well. Yes. You know, if you birdie one or two and Part of the other two, oh, you're 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 in the money already, right? Okay, because that's the one you can create that big number. Yeah, you know, like Tiger Woods, you know, he had the yeah. big number. He, he okay, took oh, that was ten. that a par three? I don't think it was a par three. No, but. it was that yeah, par four. But you know, it's just you got to get rid of those big numbers, and you got to figure out where the big numbers are. Okay, is it? Oh, I, I have I have all these big numbers on par fours and par fives. Oh, it's your tee shot. You know, okay, let's let's put your ball in play. You know, and look at the fairway. Every golf course, there's a 150-yard marker. Aim for the 150-yard marker because you pretty much know that you hit, everybody's going to hit their, I'm going to hit an 8-iron if it's no win. I'll hit a 7-iron into the win at the 150-yard marker. Right. Okay, so I know what I'm going to hit from there. Yeah. So start there. Get to that one position that you got that confident club you put in your hand. Yeah. And then the last thing would be always practice your chipping. I always say I use my A wedge because... If I practice the A wedge all the time, then when I finally pull it out, I'm very confident with it. I, I've already beaten myself. I've, I'm I'm in control because I know I have confidence with this club. Hey, I, maybe one out of eight, I may not hit a good shot, but seven out of eight, I did. Yeah, you know. And and and, and, and thinking back, it was a par three that Tiger took the ten on. Okay. Yeah, but oh, yeah, but um, I say the same thing. I mean, you wanna you wanna when it comes down to crunch time. And you need a go-to shot. You want to hit a club that you're comfortable with. You don't want to be trying something new or different. Oh, I always chip, like you said, with your A wedge. Well, you come up to a shot and you think, oh, maybe I should hit my 60 degree. 
if you're not comfortable, if you haven't practiced that shot, don't hit it. Hit what you're comfortable hitting. Yep. Yeah. Just that's half the battle is being comfortable. That's that's more than half the battle. You know, you got to walk up there with some confidence and some comfort, which you know I probably lack of right now. But that's 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 my own issue. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I talked about on the, that this on the last podcast that my confidence issue right now is with my putter. Jesus, I can't make anything hardly with that freaking thing right now. But. Um, where do, so let me ask you this: Where do you think the golf industry is going? Where, do, where what direction do you think we're headed? I think I think we're we're actually having a, a restart. Um, I think we're 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 we've gotten to the point where we've lost a lot of golf courses across the country. I, I used to be on the board at the lower section PGA, and I traveled to the mainland and and uh, attended many of conferences and talked about how golf industry has gone downhill two percent every year, two percent, two percent. I never really saw it here in Hawaii because, again, it goes back to we were a tourist industry, so we were busy with tourism. But now with this uh, this pandemic hitting hitting us, and um, you know we 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 realize, hey, guess what? We got to take care of our core golfers, which is our locals right now, and we're starting to do that. And and I, I find the interesting part is there there is some write up saying that there are more junior golfers coming out now because they're tired of staying at home. So they they want to get out of the house, and then they they want to play a sport where they're not touching everybody, they're not you know hitting or breathing next to each other. They, they yeah, go out to the golf course. Golf's golf's the yeah, perfect place it. for it. So it's it's a sad situation, but we I think we we've, we've gotten down to where we've lost a lot of golf courses because we had too many. So now that number is is a little easier number to manage on, on a sense of golf courses because you know even in Hawaii we're we're islands. You only have so many people, and you only have so many golf courses. And if you split among all the people, and then before when we had the tourists, you kind of push the locals out because you're, you know, the tourists would pay a higher rate. Oh yeah, they're paying more money, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so now you know we're. I think it's a good. I think it's a very, very good start. Two thousand twenty-one. I think we're going to see progress, especially with the local golfers, the golfers around your own community. You know, mainland here, wherever it is. Um, but I, I think that's a real good start right now it would be great to have a you know next generation tiger woods you know that, that just give, gives a bigger spark because it, it it's huge yeah. you know when people oh, see that on tv and what people, he did for yeah. the game was amazing it's i mean he he took it to the top level and he took us down too yeah. you know and, and unfortunately but uh, you know that's part of life and um you know it's like i said he he built nike golf clubs and he he destroyed nike golf clubs <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know he still has the nike products of course you know he's right. not going to lose that but yeah. uh you know when he didn't win and nobody bought nike golf clubs what they do shut down yeah yeah you know? now so, i think now they're only doing clothing right only clothing not even golf balls not anymore. even golf yeah, balls yeah. golf balls shoes and clothing that's it apparel so which is which is their claim to fame so they 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 got smart we had a friend that was in the industry and he said, you know, that's smart of them because that's their focus. Now they can get more people in their gears and people are seeing it. But we need a new Tiger. We need a, a young upcoming, like a Ted. Yep. Um, you know, he, he, he lit a match up in a local play and we, uh, unbelievable. I mean. Is he, is he playing Japan tour or Asian he's, tour? He's playing somewhere in Georgia. Oh, he's, he's, in, yeah, he's he, on the mainland. Yeah, he lives, uh, his family lives in the back of the valley. So every time he comes down, he comes Yeah, he home. was here last year, two yeah, years ago? Yeah, he, he comes um, for the summer and he'll play. He'll call me up and, you know, we let him come out and play and, in hopes that he would qualify for the Sony and just mention our name, Monolua Golf Club, you know, <laughs> right. maybe put a hat on him or something. But we'll see. Hey, uh, we were hoping to have our local boy, Joe P., uh, get into uh local Sony. qualify but that was today and i was going to be on the bag and caddy for him but 
obviously he texted me this morning and he's like, Hey, I haven't heard anything. So I'm going to work. So <laughs> obviously we didn't get in. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. We'll get him in somehow, but he's, yeah, you guys, you guys have a good bunch of players here. For those of you who are listening and you're, you're locals here, you know, we have a, a bunch of local players that um, have a little skins game almost every afternoon, uh, nine holes only. And Sundays they do a good one on uh uh, the Fia Fia, which Mark Murphy used to hold the belt, but now Joe P's got it for a while. He's had that belt seven weeks, man. We've come close. Chris almost got him one. Chris Wright almost got him one week. Then I almost got him another week, and then I almost got him yesterday. But yesterday, uh, fair, fair warning to everybody: uh, no handicap, no handicap, no handicap. So no handicap. it's a model one model. Yep, just go go out there and play and do your best, and you know and that's the way you get better too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the way you get better. You're gonna get better by playing with better people. All right. Well, John, uh, I always ask my guests uh, a kind of question off of the topic, not necessarily having to do with golf. So, well, I see you have a deck of cards there, and yeah. what does it say on the cards? This is uh, the pod, pod decks. decks. Would you rather? Okay. So, so it's a it's, random question. You're going to pull a card. I'm going to pull a card. Okay. Random question, and you answer it and tell me why. So here's it's the question. It's going to be funny. Just picking a card. Yeah. All right, John. This isn't a very good one, but would you rather get a shoulder shoulder massage or a foot massage? Oh, that's that's. Uh, I would say foot massage because your your feet is the most important part of your body, just like golf. I mean, shoulders just it's nice to have, but uh, I think foot massage would be the best. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I wish that uh, back in the day when you're at Wailai and we were caddying and we walked. Uh, all over God's creation, uh, caddying. I know my buddy Ski and I, we would walk back to the car and we'd be like, oh man, my dogs are barking. And our feet were so sore from all that walking. Well, you're lucky. While I was an easy walk, actually. It was yeah. very easy. It, it, was, easy was, it was just walking, carrying a bag. Yeah. And sometimes you didn't want to get stuck with certain people's bags because they were really heavy. True. Um, well, John, thank you again for taking time out of your day to talk to us. And um, congratulations, uh, congratulations again on the award, well-deserved award. You've done a lot of stuff for Moana Little Golf Club. Moana Little Golf Club would not be where it's at today had you not been the director of operations for the last two years. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. And, and I'm not only saying that because I work for you, but I'm saying it because I really believe that. And a lot of the members and a lot of other people have, have said this to me also about the stuff that you've done here. They really appreciate it, and they're glad that you are the director of operations here. And, and, I, and I concur, yes, a lot of members have said that, and I've heard it personally, and my response would be, it's a team effort. You know, in anything we do, you know, we have great starters who welcome people. Um, we have great maintenance staff who maintain things. You know, we get back office. I mean, everybody's an important portion of it, and I think we've, we've changed the attitude of our staff. I think that's first and foremost which reflects on our membership that they can feel that attitude has changed and that's that's the best thing that I've seen that happen the physical things you know we can do here and there you know uh, change the window uh, paint the wall you know those things just happened and we just got to put some effort put some elbow grease and do that but I think the the attitude part of our our golf club here and even our membership you know they they feel like they want to come out and that's that's what we want as yeah. I, as I've told um, um, are my starters or my my assistant pros before you want to make the membership or the or the people that come out feel so happy to be here that they'll come 
more than once. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they appreciate what you do. They appreciate that you're taking a little extra step to get them to, to know them, to know their name, to know where they're from, to talk to them, you know, to laugh with them, to watch them tee off, help them if they have a question. And then all of a sudden you'll see two days later they show up again. Because you know what? This is a fun place. I want to come where people are friendly. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what they want. They want that. There's benefits to being a member, and that's one of them is that you have people that are the, – the staff is uh, welcoming and conducive to – having a place that you want to come back to and spend time at and like the restaurant being closed there's a lot of guys that are wish it was open because that's this is where they want to be and like you said we'll get it back open hopefully very soon so again thank you and i hope everybody if you guys have any questions or comments uh or want to want me to discuss any other topics just shoot me an email at merceplace 808 at com. Or you can go to the Anchor website and leave me a voice message on my site there. And uh, I hope everybody has a great week out there. We'll see you guys next week. And if you're playing golf, hit them long and hit them straight. But don't hit them often. Aloha, everybody. Aloha. Aloha.